Hi, this is TJ Miller, and you're listening to Mad Scientist Party Hour, unless you're not listening and you're just watching it, which doesn't make any sense at all. Welcome back to another episode of Mad Scientist Party Hour. My name is Kevin Graft, joined once again by a man who is nude from the waist down and is currently jacking his boner off whilst strangling himself with a belt. That's Jeff Clark. What's up? And beaming to us from the back row of Beetlejuice the Musical, the <laughs> Bearded vaping titty honker known as Shuddy Boy. Yo. Hey, Kevin. Yeah. Do you know what today is other than your triumphant return? Today we all got to pay rent. Some, well, dumb, you some dumb football shit? No, I have to pay my mortgage, Jeff. But yes, it's... Uh, no, actually, it's October 2nd, which means we are officially... Don't you say it's spooky it. season. Now, spooky season 2023 is officially underway. You silly bitch. That misnamed season started for me mid mid August. We started it last night in the Clark household by watching Child's play after the uh, football game. We nice. started it last night by watching The Thing. Um, I have to say, I saw your review on Letterboxd, Shuddy, and... Um, very disappointed in you for rating it so low. Four and a half stars. That is a five dicker. <laughs> there, it is. It's not even up for debate. The thing is a five dicker. Come on, come on. Kurt Russell, John Carpenter, some of the best practical effects ever captured on film. Yep, that but they incredible. killed dogs, so that's a half star deduction. Aliens killed the dogs. Shuddy. It doesn't matter who killed the dogs. Doesn't that just mean the well, villain is that much better? Like, yeah, evil that's, a, that's a great point. That's fair. That's fair. Still four and a half. I was just trying to justify it with something that I thought maybe I could just skate by on. By the way, your honest. your official rating is four stars. I fucking thought I fixed it yesterday. I misrated it, and then I went back in and... Added, I must not have hit save. Officially, it is a four and a half star. I guess that's a little bit better, but I'm surprised that website still exists. Well, when the second coming of John Cooper no. comes out, you better give Look it a five it. star. Look it. That, uh, four and a half. Uh, Look at four. Mm, I don't know what to uh -oh. tell you. By the way, Jeff. Letterbox D gate. Letterbox D has been sold. To who? Amazon? No, some fucking. Kellogg. I don't even know. Pepsi Company. There's like five corporations that own everything. I'm going to get there. Um, You're not. Because I've, I've never heard Johnson of Johnson and Johnson. Johnson and Johnson. Procter and uh, Gamble. Oh my God! Shut up! You know what I'm talking about, right? There's yeah. Like, seriously, there's like six corp. Six, all right, maybe maybe close to the ten corporations that own everything. 
It was acquired by a Canadian technology company for um, 50 U.S. million dollars. Man, you should have had us guess. Only 50 like, million? Yeah. Doesn't that seem low? That does. How many people do you think are behind the scenes, though? Like, how much money do you think? Like, how many people split that money up? I want to say it's probably know. like eight. <laughs> like, maybe eight people. Does it even have a desktop app? Yeah. Yeah, when I when I first started using it, I I pretty much just used the desktop version to go through and try and mark every film that I remember ever having seen as watched. It was much easier to do that on the desktop, but then I just started using the app version. And I can't even find the goddamn like I pulled up an article and they're 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 all just being they're all hinting Oh tiny. There's a company called Tiny and they bought Letterbox D for fifty million bucks. Um I don't know, man. That seems that seems a little low, and that also bumps me out, being that it is my favorite app. I really hope they don't they don't fuck it up. They hope they hope they don't go all Elon Musk and give us some fucking stupid ass new name and charge people for things, charge people for things that were already free. I will say, okay, I know you're you love it, you love the app, but in terms of like renaming it. Like, the name's not that sick, right? If you can come up with another name, you're not going to be com- you're not going to completely sell all your stock formerly known as Letterboxd. I mean, I think it's a If they change the name, we lose the the Letterboxd game jingle. Good point. Fair enough. <laughs> that would piss yeah. me off. We already lost tw- Jeff's Twitter diarrhea. Oh yeah, because well, because Elon Musk cause, thinks the letter X is so fucking edgy and cool, like we're in a fucking nineteen ninety seven new metal band. Democrats hate the letter X. Oh, is that what it is? I don't know. I mean, Some that's I like when there's three of them put together. Now you're speaking my language. Oh, wet melons. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, wet melons make some delicious brisket. Had a couple of people sent me a a uh, which I'm call like a Reddit post of her making brisket, and it looked good. You should slide into her DMs and tell her to audition for MasterChef. Man, that would be. I think didn't someone? I think someone reached out to Autumn and asked her why she wasn't on the Back to Win, and she said because they want her to can the uh, OnlyFans, and she, she said she was making too much money. Uh, I mean, Sean, uh, the dude I went to that met up with Draven and I at Wu Tang is actively, uh, DMing and having conversations with Autumn attempting to get her on our show. Yeah. I remember that. I remember getting reports of those exchanges and yeah, we never, we never got to talk to our lovely Autumn. Maybe she can guess on next season of Crafter Jeff. It'd be great to have her there. Find out what she how she feels about my food job. I talked. I will talk to her about her dishes and when I scored them. Oh, she would add. Now I'm gonna food job your OnlyFans. Oh. She might like that. She seems like the kind <laughs> of 
kind of gal that uh, would be into that, or at least open to that kind of conversation. Yeah, I don't doubt it. Shuddy went to the Wu-Tang concert. Went to the fucking Wu-Tang concert. Need a review on that. Who else was there? Did did Method Man go to this one? So... Daylight, it was a they it was done a little bit differently than last year's. Cause I'm assuming yours went the same way that I, mine did. Like Wu did songs, Nas did songs, Wu did songs, Nas did songs, then Busta was in the middle, and then they alternated a couple more times at the end. Does that sound Sounds right? Yeah. Yeah. Sound right. And man, what so a this, fucking way to, what a cool way to do a concert too. Like it, it, it on paper it sounds weird. Like, wait a second, the headliner was kind of like bouncing around, and they were like switching back and forth. But it it, it was I don't know. It was such a cool way to do do a concert. So this year, De La Soul actually opened. They did like an opening five or six song set with Talib Quelly as Whoa. their third. He came out in the middle of their set to do the songs that have, you know, to do True Goy's parts. Uh, so that was fucking rad. Man, imagine if they, like, if they had like a surprise most deaf and there was like a Black Star reunion or something. <laughs> um, and then there was like 15 or 20 minutes after them where nothing happened. So that was a little... They were probably smoking pot. In the but back. then, yeah. But then they came out. Uh, Wu did a bunch of songs. Then Nas played the way Wu did like four or five songs, and then Nas played for like a half hour, forty five minutes. Oh shit! Without interruption. And then Wu came out. Then I'm trying to remember how many times. Yeah. Then Wu came out. They did the Ray and Ghost did their block of songs together, and then they started Ice Cream. And I'm like, well, if this is where Method Man shows up, if Method Man's going to show up, this is where it's going to be, since he does the hook in that song. And nope, Capadonna did the hook in that song. Mm. So like that song ended, and I was like, well. We're not seeing Method Man. And then Rizza comes out and goes, uh, somebody else we'd like to introduce you to. And fucking out comes Method Man doing Method Man. And the fucking roof blew off the building. It was fucking sick. And then he was around for the rest of the show. Nice. He was, is was, just a monster. Like, he is, like... He's a great performer. Yeah. The The energy was... Not that they were bad... But he was just like, he's very much a hype man as well as a very gifted MC. So like I mean, it was he's he was, a he's a performer, you know, he's he's got yeah. it all. He acts, he he's more and than he just a rapper, so fucking jacked. Yeah, dude. He's big. He is yoked. I think that's kind of part of it too, in the sense that like they're all like old kind of chubby now and he's he's actually like working out and like peaking yeah he doesn't look like he's in his 50s yeah black don't crack for method man you know nope did um did was, come out fucking... in his like purple jumpsuit 
Cappadonna didn't have anything super loud. Ghostface, though. I wish I could pull off half of the outfits that Ghostface <laughs> can rock because he came out in this sequined, like, tracksuit, like, bright red with a white and red Houston Rockets hat on that just, like, there, if I walked anywhere looking like that, I would get made so much fun of by even small children. Yeah, but, yeah no one has the... Fashion gravitas that goes face killer has not at all. That man is an icon. Well, at least you can pull off the um, Australian guy that got arrested for having a succulent Chinese meal shirt, and the white and red Houston Rockets hat would fit nicely with that. This is the uh, the shirts, famous people. Famous people. Uh, the shirt's actually off white. It's not Enjoy coming through in the, uh, the video. But no, it was it was a great fucking time. Had a lot of fun. Got fairly wasted. Did they have cool merch? Did they have like? Because I remember how sick that fucking Wu Tang hoodie was with like the bat signal, but the Wu Tang logo in it. So it the merch was very similar to last time. Wasn't the same. The Wu Tang hoodie wasn't that cool. The Nas hoodie was. I just couldn't justify buying. Another $90 hoodie. Nas was selling a $250 Nas varsity jacket. Whoa. Uh, I almost bought a Wu-Tang hat, but they were $45 in poor quality. Um, I almost got into a fight at the concert. Draven just texted me to remind me to tell you guys. So Wu-Tang is not a place for a shoddy boy to get into a fight. Worst part about it was... It was your woman. To inf- to, into a fight with somebody wearing an Eagles jersey. Oh, man. Eagles on Eagles crime. What, what I almost that? fucking yeah. sucker punched him in the back of the head about 17 times. So we were in our seats. We were in our actual seats. No shenanigans. We were in the seats we paid for. And then there were two empty seats between us. And then there was a bunch of other people. Then... Like two songs into Wu Tang set, three people squeeze past us and squeeze into the seat, the two seats. Right? So three people, two seats? Yeah. And this dude was like standing up against me and was on his phone with Snapchat all the time. And every time he kept would take a picture, he would lean back and headbutt me. Oh boy. Oh boy. You exchanged words with him at all? Were you like, hey, can you please stop doing that? Or did did you just go from, did you not say anything and were thinking about just punching him in the back of the head? That's exactly, I was drunk. That's exactly where I was fucked up. (laughs) And that's exactly where my head went. Like, if this motherfucker does it one more time, I'm going to just fucking clock him in the back of the head. And I even think I turned and said it loudly to Draven at one point because then his girlfriend made their other friend tell the people that were in the wrong seats to move so they could spread out. Did that get him out of your way? Yeah, it did. Well, but it was like, I mean, I'm surprised through Wu Tang set. Cause drunk, like, drunk Wu- shuddy will, will throw some hands if he, if he's pushed far enough. If it I came down to it, get thrown out of the show. Is that it's what it came down to was how much, 
but I was getting really close. Like to, if it came down was, to it, Shuddy, and you got and you went to blows with this guy, would you have beaten him up or would he have kicked your ass? Well, I have a feeling that I would have handily beaten him since he spent more time watching the concert through Snapchat on his phone than he did watching the actual uh, concert. See, I thought you were going to say something. he was a something. big dude. So, like, so we were kind of off to the side, so everybody was standing. And he was, like, standing right in the middle. And every time, like, I would maybe adjust back so I could see over his one shoulder, he'd lean into that way. So then I'd lean forward, and then he'd have his phone in the... I was just... I spent as much time seeing Snapchat on his fucking phone uh, as I did at being able to actually see the concert. Man, I didn't even know people still use Snapchat. I didn't know people used it like this grown-ass man did. Well, I'm glad you didn't get arrested, Shuddy. So am I. Uh, I almost... I was... Draven and I got into a little scuffle uh, at the end of the night. Wait, a father-son scuffle? You too. Yeah, a little, not a, a verbal scuffle, <laughs> because uh, there was there was the Wu Tang show, there was a billiard tournament, and there was something else going on in Atlantic City Friday night. So the place was fucking mobbed, and it took us an hour and fifteen minutes to get two slices of pizza. What did so maybe you said it and I just spaced out. No, how did that cause issue with you and Draven? Because Draven didn't want to, we didn't want to wait in line at Johnny Rockets. So then we went to the pizza place and then Draven was bitching about waiting in line there. And I just was like, I'm fucking hungry. We have to wait in line somewhere. It's either here or Johnny Rockets, but we're not fucking jumping around lines. If you don't like it, eat your fucking shoe. <laughs> I was I was hangry. I was hangry. Yeah. Uh, you wouldn't like Shuddy Boy when he's hangry. But there were only two rest there was only a pizza place and Johnny Rockets that were open after midnight. After I sat on I was even willing to pay twenty dollars for chicken fingers and french fries from room service, but I sat on hold with them for the thirty minutes prior to the hour we waited <laughs> in line for food. But the hotel room was was pretty darn nice. Well, that's a plus. A hell of a review. Yeah. That was the pizza place. You really ran the gamut. I mean, it was for food court Johnny Rockets is actually kind of underrated. Pretty much. um, For a food court pizza place type thing you know like they have the it, the pizza's pre-made and they just reheat it it was it was adequate it was all it was i mean it was good it was completely fine no complaints as far as taste <laughs> of the pizza it wasn't like i was forced to eat pizza hut at 1 a.m how fucking dare you however the price of 28 dollars oh. for two slices of pizza and Two twenty-ounce sodas was quite uh, oh, man. steep. You should have taken that to Twitter, like that that fucking guy from the New York Times. No, I mean, Do I you know believe what, I'm what expect- I paid at the airport for three whiskeys. <laughs> you might be talking about someone who's on my podcast. Really? 
Yeah, there's this guy, uh, Scott Martin, who is a Fox business and news contributor. And he he said once on air that he paid $28 for Taco Bell. It's like... Is he the same guy that just got dragged on the internet when he was like, and people wonder why America sucks. I paid $78 for this at the airport. And it was like a burger, fries, and a whiskey. And he had like three whiskeys and just left that out conveniently. Yeah. When everybody went to that very restaurant's menu and the burger and fry combo that he ordered was like $14.99. And the rest of it was all the booze he bought. In, in fairness to this guy, I don't think he has a pattern of lameness, and I don't think he was even trying to be that lame, even though uh, what I just said sounds inherently lame. I just think it was – I think that's kind of the person you're referencing, though. Like, he did say on air that he paid $28 for lunch at Taco Bell. No, was this like, was all Let's... over Twitter, like, two or three weeks ago. Oh, all right, yeah. Oh. Yeah, sorry. I get, didn't didn't uh, couldn't make these these references when they were truly topical. Yeah, he was I a little it. busy being. Uh... Time flew by, though, huh? How was your uh, your directorial debut? Dude, Is it, it was... a directorial debut until the movie comes out, or I don't know. I still got I got to ask a lot of people the the terms if I'm using them right. Like, okay. Am I am I a director yet, guys? Did I do it? <laughs> I mean, I think once principal photography has wrapped, you're officially a director. Like the I movie, you directed the movie. Yeah, it the movie's done as far as filming for the most part. So. Yeah, we do we do have some some quick pickup stuff. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, Jeff, it. It somehow both went by in the blink of an eye and at a snail's pace. Because there is mm. a lot of downtime like in between scenes when they're setting stuff up. So that stuff goes very slowly. And it's, I mean, long fucking days. Like I did a couple 15-hour days on set. Um, but yeah, like once once it was like, oh shit, we're already in the final week. And it was like, holy shit, we're, the, we're, the, we're on the final fucking day. This is nuts. Um but we do still have – we had an idea for something to roll during the credits, which I'm a huge fan of that. Like I love when movies have stuff happening dur- during the credits, whether it's like additional footage or bloopers or you know Jackie Chan stepping on a rake and yeah. smashing himself in the face by accident. Is it like the, uh, the super bad like dance thing, dance screen thing? Yeah, I like that. So yeah, we got we have something that we're gonna do a pickup day and, and shoot something, hopefully. Um we gotta see where the, the budget lands once we finish <laughs> post production and stuff. We once we get into that a little bit. But as far as principal photography, uh we were dead on with the budget. We did not go over. Um and as far as the shooting schedule, we shot a hundred page script in 13 days. So we managed to not fall behind schedule at one point in the, like the last week on the home stretch, we actually finished everything we were supposed to shoot that day. So we were like, tomorrow's kind of got like a big scene. Let's shoot like six more of these smaller scenes and just take that off the schedule for, for tomorrow. So our last two days were, I don't know, maybe nine or 10 hour days. 
which was like yeah, a- Cheech was on set for the final day, and he left the apartment at like seven o'clock and came back because we had to go back into LA for Paul's birthday. He came back by six. So you guys must have got out of there by like three, three thirty. Did you let him leave early or did you guys wrap early? No, when we when we wrapped, like when we shot the final scene, um, I still stayed on set for a few more hours, but um Cheech Cheech checked in with, you know, the the key PA and was like, Yeah, just take the trash out and you're and you're good. So he he just bounced. Watch a few of these dishes and you got it, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it was it was wild, man. So some stuff that on Patreon, I did do a couple John Cooper film diaries. So I, I put like some videos up and, and told some stories um, on there. But so some people will already know about this, but the day before we were supposed to start shooting that Tuesday, my family had a, a trip booked. Like they had booked this Airbnb months and months ago and it was supposed it was before the movie got delayed. So I was supposed to be done by the time they got here and then it was just like a, you know, nice post movie visit with the family, like my sister and her husband and the baby, my mom and stepdad, my grandma. Um they all rented a place in Huntington Beach cuz like my my stepbrother and his wife live in Orange County. So it was like they tried to find some place that was somewhat in the middle between us and you know, and it was like, well, fuck, the movie got delayed, and I'm the the shooting schedule overlapped with the time that they were still in L.A. So I, I spent, I tried to spend some time with them. We went to the six two six night market. Um, got your to, whole family. Yeah, yeah, whole family went. Uh, Did they like it? Yeah, yeah, it was a big hit. Um, but what are some the, of the wait, wait, hold on, hold on. This is important. What are some of the things you eat? Hold on. Food. Uh, was the stink was the stinky tofu there? Did they experience no. that? Stinky tofu was not there, and I was actually going to try it this year because Carl kept, kept clowning me, and I was like, it, "Like it didn't smell like onions. It wasn't nauseating. You, it's called fucking stinky tofu. It stinks. It smells like like feet and ass." Is that what she was saying, or is that what you're saying? Well, she was kind of clowning on me for not trying it, and I was like. That year, we would we had already eaten a whole bunch of stuff. I was already full. I wasn't gonna like eat stinky tofu to put me over the edge and make me barf in a trash can. Yeah, I didn't like, want to hang out with you while you're eating that. If so, I'm happy you didn't eat that. But I was. I told her I was like, if it's there this year, I'll get it. And it was. This was like a down. I, and I don't know if it was because we went the very last day of the entire summer. But it was light on the vendors. They didn't have the the cheese wheel pasta. That wasn't there. The the Kamsamnida project, the butter buns, that wasn't there. What? Yeah, dude. There was some like, like a staple. Yeah. There were some staples that were just not there. So any, I any fried chicken? I mean there was, but I didn't eat any. I'm not gonna fucking waste stomach real estate eating basic bitch shit. That's <laughs> that's your that's your six two six night market move. Surrounded I mean, by all these just... crazy exotic foods, you're like, Oh, I think I'm gonna get a slice of pizza and a cheeseburger. You're just pretty much talking about eating mac and cheese. The only difference is it's in a cheese wheel before they serve it to you. But hey, fair enough. Come at my neck. So good to have you back. Anyways. Yeah, because whenever anybody sees the video of the cheese wheel pasta being served, 
they're like nut their pants and Jeff's like, Oh, I'm gonna go get a slice of plain pizza. This this fucking truck over here. Oh, maybe you're some, an Italian cheeseburger. Maybe some French fries, you know. Don't get to eat those that often. Listen, he gets hot dogs from other nations. Leave him alone. Yeah, I got a Colombian hot dog that one time, and then now what? Now you guys use it against me. This yeah. is why I don't diversify. I eat one fucking Canadian hot dog, and now I'm some sort of a joke, huh? <laughs> and I'm a fucking laughing stock around here. Uh, but so the the day before, I was supposed to start shooting. We shot on Wednesday the thirteenth. My family was still there. I had to go back to drive back to L.A. for for meetings and stuff. And I was like, you know what? I got to get in as much family time as I can. So Tuesday morning, I woke up early, drove back down to Huntington Beach, and we were just gonna do. I, I hung out with them for the day. We were gonna get like an early dinner, and then I was gonna head back to L.A. to you know get a good night's sleep for the movie. And we're waiting while people got ready, and it was me and my sister and baby Jack in the living room watching TV and all of a sudden I'd hear from the other room. They had like a, a family room on the other side of the house. And we just hear my grandma go joy. And my sister gets up and walks into the other room. And I just hear her go, Nana, Nana. Oh my God, Nana. And like my Nana's not saying anything. And I'm like, Oh my fucking God. Like my grandma just like dropped dead or had a heart attack or something. So, I felt my fucking soul leave my body and I get up and I run into the other room and she's laying on the ground with blood pouring out of her face and she's like holding her mouth and there's like blood all over the floor. There's blood all over her hand and arm and I get close and I look and there's blood all over the ground. There's fucking teeth in it and she moves her hand away. So she didn't realize that when you go into that family room because nobody was spending any time in there. It was like one of those rooms, those bonus rooms in a house that people furnish and decorate and never spend any time in. I have no idea Dude, why she I was going one, in there anyway. One day I wish I had money like I want to have money like that. I just have like a throwaway room where there's a fucking piano. Yeah. But she apparently she, there's, the there's a, a single step down and she didn't see it. So she fell like going over that step and face planted on the edge of a coffee table and it blew out some of her teeth and it split her lip up to her nose and was like not a cut, like completely severed and like flapping out. And she kept being like, what's on my mouth? Is there something on my mouth? And it was like, it was like if you got a, a full burrito and snapped it in half and the stuff was pouring out of it, like, the meat was pouring out of her lip and like her hand was all fucked up and there was blood all over her hand. So she somehow cut one of her fingers open too. So she's just lying there and like, I start getting fucking like dizzy and like, like I'm going to barf. Like I almost fainted and she's just like, you know, my sister's calling the ambulance and you know, my sister's a nurse. So she's getting like, towels because there's blood just fucking pouring out of her and she's just like these wounds bleed yeah and like you blow out teeth that's bleeding like a motherfucker you know you split your lip all the way up to your nose that's bleeding like a motherfucker and like she's just like Terrible. i'm okay Poor i'm Nina. okay it doesn't hurt i'm okay it doesn't hurt and i'm just like holy shit she's 85 years old 
and face-planted on the edge of a table and is just gushing blood all over the place. And she's like, I'm fine. Don't worry about me. Well, she was in shock, so she was fine. At the, she wasn't feeling any of that at the moment. Yeah. Oh, and you guys pussies. <clears throat> Wait, don't be a pussy. Yeah. Just a little blood. Yeah. Oh, what? Is, is Kevin over there fainting? <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> but yeah, we had to call an ambulance. Ambulance came. Fire truck came. They they called. That's what you're like. Sorry guys, got to go back to L.A. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, my mom rode traffic. My mom rode in the ambulance with her, and I'm just sitting there having a fucking panic attack. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, like, feels just so horrible. My poor fucking grandma. Because like, all I'm thinking about is how annoying it was when I had to get stitches on my thumb. I'm like, this sucks. This is annoying. She has to get like stitches up her face, and it's like, man, just like washing, showering, like brushing your teeth, eating, like all that stuff is just going to be a nightmare and so painful for her for so long. So it was just like, I was thrashed. You know, my grandma is, you know, it's no secret how much I love my grandma. You know, she helped my mom raise me. You know, we lived with her until I was 13. And she's, you know, Shuddy's met her. Yeah, you know, I always put pictures around my Instagram. Like every time we see each other, we do those goofy face pictures. I'm like honestly surprised while she w- we were waiting for the ambulance. She wasn't like, get in here and let's take a selfie. This is a good time for a funny face. But like that yeah. is a very Nana thing to do. Yeah. What? How is she? How is she dealing with the, with the injury? She's What's the latest. She's fine. Like she, I saw her the next day because, or no, two days later because I was trying to figure out a way for her to get like a cameo in the movie, you know. But, like, with her being all fucked up, we obviously we couldn't really do much. But she showed up on Thursday because they were also driving to Santa Barbara. Because one of the reasons they came out to L.A. At the, during this time is Joy and Jeff had a, a wedding to go to there. And while they were going to the wedding, everybody else was just going to stay back with the baby. So on their way to Santa Barbara, when they checked out of the Airbnb, they stopped by this park that we were shooting at. And her f- whole face was, like, swollen and like bruised as shit and her her lips were all swollen like a Simpsons character with the stitches and shit and she was just like I'm fine I'm fine and they loaded her up with painkillers but that was how I started um going into my directing my first movie just your directorial debut completely fried and frazzled just fucked up over my grandma just going to the emergency room but um yeah, the the first three days of actual shooting were interesting. You know, it was – I've never been to film school. I've never stepped foot on a single film set in my entire life. So all I did to lead up to this was read books and watch interviews on YouTube with directors talking about their, their style, watching, you know, tutorial videos from online film schools and shit, reading textbooks. And then it was just – you get there and it's like, all right, now it's pretty much trial by fire. And um, it was, it was stressful. One for the obvious reason, you know, it's my first time doing it. It's a huge fucking responsibility. And it was tough dealing with the imposter syndrome of like all these people on set have been doing it for years. They went to film school. They've been trained. They know everything inside and out of their their duties and some of the other people's duties. And then I, I walk in. And I'm like, hey, guys, I write dick and fart jokes. Time to step into the biggest fucking role on the set. 
So I, and I'm everyone's boss. Yeah. And it was like, well, I mean, listen, they, you had been working with them for a while leading up to this. This wasn't their first introduction to you. I mean, you spit in every single one of their faces the first time you met them. So. No, it wasn't if, the first time I met yeah, them. Yeah, they already I, weren't taking you seriously. Yeah. Like <laughs> you, <laughs> I'd met them a you few times, Shuddy sit- Boy, before I spit beer in all of their faces, though. Okay, just, well, just for still, the record. All right, still, I mean, you set the bar already pretty low, and so they turned up on set, and anything you did from there, you were just going hell. You were exceeding expectations. Yeah. Yeah, this retard knows how to turn on the camera. We're all lucky. <laughs> Jeff, do you think the director turns the camera on? I don't know. Here we go. You're gonna you direct one movie. You're gonna fucking show off about it. <laughs> you know the cam. The, the director holds the camera the whole time, right? Yeah. I don't know what directors do. I was trying to make an easy joke. All right. Here's Piece a shit. Here's a question that maybe you have enough knowledge to answer. What's the difference between a director? Not you, Jeff. I'm talking to Kevin. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm cool. Not, I, w- I wasn't insulting you. Um, <laughs> Thank God. What's the difference between a director? And, no, I'm asking you a serious question. <laughs> director and director of photography. So the director of photography pretty much. I mean, I, I worked hand in hand with Logan, my, my director of photography. Um, but they basically plan out all the shots. And sometimes a director will do um, storyboards. So literally every single shot. And if you watch a big budget movie, you know, it's it's cutting rapidly, you know, like especially like a Marvel movie. Like they, yeah, they, like I know James Gunn storyboards everything that he directs. Yeah. And if you look at the piles of storyboards he makes, they're they're fucking enormous. It's it's almost like comical how many storyboards there are because he literally plans out every time the camera changes angle, every time there's a new shot. Um, obviously, wasn't much of a need to do that for a mockumentary. Um, but he and I worked together planning the shots. Like every every scene, we're like, all right, where's A cam going to be? Where's B cam going to be? Um, yeah, he he's basically in charge of all the camera angles. Okay. That was always my question. And then there was also a first AD on set and a second AD. Um, and the, the first AD is kind of like, they do a lot of what people think the director does. Like they're the ones that like call for sound and camera. And a lot of times we'll call action as well. What does AD stand for? Assistant director, associate director, assistant director. Okay. Yeah. They're like the vice principal. They actually do more than people realize. Yeah. And then the second AD does a lot of scheduling and stuff and usually doesn't spend too much time on set and is spends a majority of their day in the production office. Uh but yeah, I mean it was it the I I was grateful to have a lot of people around that knew how inexperienced I was and worked with me and sort of answered any dumb questions I had without making me feel like a moron. And like, uh, I don't know. It was was like every day I learned so much. Like there was scenes where we were filming outdoors and 
one of the ways that I wrote some of these scenes, it was in like a specific park. And then when we did location scouting, we found this one place to shoot at that could kind of, that was like a big trick to keeping it within the budget when you're shooting indie like this, especially as low budget as we were, is finding locations where you could shoot multiple scenes. So you don't have to do a crew move. You don't have to rent multiple spots. So we found this park and I was like, oh, you know what would be kind of a funny gag is if we went to Ralph's and bought like a, a whole fish and we'll start the scene with John Cooper like up to his shoulder in this pond over there and then he pulls out a fish that we bought at Ralph's and like wiggles it like it's alive and he's like, hey, I got dinner. And they, we, the whole time we shot there, we had like park rangers with us and stuff or like, like the employees that are there to just pretty much follow us around to be our nanny and be like, you can't do that. Knock that off. You're not allowed to do that. And putting a store-bought fish in a pond is apparently a no-no. Like, so we, we weren't allowed to do that scene because even a dead fish dunked in there for like five seconds. They're like, that could destroy the whole ecosystem. And I was like, oh my God. Could in- introduce foreign bacteria. Something like that, yeah. And I'm like, this, this is a fucking, this is a pond in Balboa Park. There's probably so much bacteria in there. Like people... People probably piss in there and throw their fucking trash in there, but like, all right, can't put a fish in the pond, guys. No fish. And I saw people actually fishing, so I was like, what about if we catch a fish? And they were like, no, can't do that. If the fish dies because we were shooting a scene with it, you are royally fucked. And I was like, oh. But Peter's going to eat your fucking lunch. Okay, all right. You know what? Kind of that, that was a gag that sounded funny in my head. We won't shoot it. But what if the, the re- fish dies while you're shooting the scene, but then you guys eat it for real? Uh, no. It was not animals, animal cruelty. Animals cannot die for the purpose of a movie, even if it's a fish. But what if, if you would spend it dying uh, because you were eating it, not because of the film? It was going to die anyway. You just thought you'd give it a, a great send off. Yeah, I don't think yeah, eating you- the evidence is it makes your life any easier. Well, I mean, if you <laughs> just say you're cutting corners with uh, catered catered services, yeah, okay, fair enough. All right, I, well, I tried. I tried. They, sales. Yeah, they yeah. weren't they weren't going for it. Um, but uh, let's see what else. What else? Okay, so we did. We also did an overnight scene, which was every bit the fucking ass kicker I thought it was going to be. We got on set. We're aware at. 5.30 p.m. <laughs> and wrapped shooting, I think, 11 or 12 hours later. And then, obviously, when once we wrap, it's not like, all right, peace out, guys. There's still, like, a lot of shit to be done. So uh, that was the second Friday of shooting. And I kept asking everybody, I'm like, how do you handle these overnights? Like, what's the trick? Because I was much older than everybody else on the set. Like they were all in their 20s or early 30s. So I'm like, look, I'm I'm middle-aged. I'm in my 40s. My set my sleep cycle is so fucking locked in that I'm going to my plan is to try and stay up as late as possible the night before and sleep in as late as I can. And they're like that's pretty much all you can do, you know? And just drink as much coffee as possible. So none of these, none of these kids had any fucking Adderall. I mean, I have the the remnants of my Ritalin that I was stockpiling 
before the shortage. But no, there were there were no there was no Adderall. There were no there was no cocaine on set. There was a lot of fake cocaine. Sounds but, like you really fucked up your directorial debut if there was no coke on set. Look, if there was yeah, coke on set, they, debut sounds lame. They they hid it yeah. from me. But I I woke I I tried to stay up late and I think I stayed up until like two two a.m., which is a is a rarity for me. That's how late I was up. Like at we were watching episode three of Gen V after we finally got our pizza, and at like one fifty five, I was like, I can't, Draven. This is we have to to stop it right now. We'll finish the next the last twenty minutes tomorrow. It's I need to go to bed. It's fucking two a.m. <laughs> So I got woken up at 10 a.m. by construction and leaf blowers and all the usual noise that is ever present in suburban Los Angeles. So I did not get to sleep in. And uh, yeah, the the last leg of the overnight was fucking tough. And it was it was a party scene. So we basically shot overnight just filming one giant party. And we had to get, I think, like 18 background actors for the whole thing. So this shitty little house we were filming in had dozens of crew members and now dozens of cast members. And it was hot as fuck. It was a very, very long night. Um, it, it definitely wore on people's nerves, but nobody flipped out. There were no onset incidents of people being bitchy or shitty to each other it was it was about as smooth as you could ask for for a first time filmmaker which was nice but like this this house that we shot in so this place has a listing called it's a dump and the reason we picked it was we it's a dump yeah i mean a it's a dump and b the production designer and the producers found a way to turn this one location into four different spots. So that's four times or three times we wouldn't have to do a crew move. Uh, three places we wouldn't have to spend the budget on to rent rent a place because they it's it fucking adds up. It is really expensive locking down locations like that, even at a place called It's a Dump. But this place was so fucking run down that the bathrooms all had signs in it saying do not flush toilet paper. So they were like, use a garbage bag for any toilet paper you need. It's like, do you realize it's 2023? We can't have people throwing like pissy, shitty toilet paper in a fucking bag on a film set. Are you nuts? So if you had to drop a deuce, which by the way, I have to tell you a story about that. You had to go to the production trailer, which was two blocks away, and poop in there. So, you guys all know how poo shy I am. I don't like pooing around people. How, how many times did you poop your pants during the making of John Cooper? I came close once, and I was so proud of myself on day 11 of 13 that I went on threads and was like, it is now day 11 of 13, and I have not shit on set once. And Poudini was like, how soon after this this post did you have to take a shit? And the answer to that question is one hour. I immediately had to go and take a shit after bragging that I have not shit on set. And I told the first AD, I was like, um, while we're setting up in this next scene, I'm going to run to the trailers real quick. And I was trying to be vague about it. And he's like, he's like, oh, dude, just take a shit here. 
And I was like, I was like, I can't. These bathrooms are so fucking disgusting. I can't be the one that clogs up the toilet and then has gets hit with a six hundred and fifty dollar plumbing fee to get this place fixed. I was like, I'm I'm just gonna go and shit in the trailer. I'll be very quick. Um, and as I walked out the front door and walked by some of the crew that were lounging there, I hear over the walkie-talkie system, uh, we're going to need a few minutes. The director has to take a 10-2. <laughs> so I learned that a 10-2 is code for taking a shit. And I also learned that when anybody on the crew has to take a shit, it goes out to everybody. They blow up your spot and say the director is going to take a fat, steamy shit right now. Hold your horses. A 10 2 means but, 10 minutes to drop a deuce. Like, hey, the, you can change that to 4 2 for me, all right? I, yeah, I have to request. I mean, for the person who doesn't like people to know that he's pooping, it just went out on fucking everybody. <laughs> everybody. There's no chapter in one of your fucking directing books for that, is there? Kevin has to go take a what, shit. How. Bright red, did you turn when you heard that as you were walking past people? Like, did you go flush? No, it was at the point now where it was taking all of my energy to not shit my pants. So I was like, I don't even care that they just announced over the comm channels that I'm going to take a shit. At my- if, with, with how you shit, if the production trailer was two blocks away, it probably took you longer to walk to and from the trailer than it did to poop. It did. Yeah. I, I'm amazed... I've always been amazed with the expediency of your turns. I'm very good at pooping, like, Shuddy Boy. Yeah, you're you're a professional pooper when it's not <laughs> in your pants. Uh, because you're in and out. Like, you've pooped between the main episode and the Patreon countless times over the years. And you're usually back before Jeff's done filling his water. Yeah, I mean, most of the time when I have to take a shit, when I sit down, it's ready to go, and all the poop immediately tumbles out of my horrible ass. And then yeah, it's, it's like a-, a fifteen to twenty minute process every time I go, so I can't hide it from people. If I'm like at one of the stores working, I'll be like, I have to go use the bathroom, and then I'm gone for twenty minutes. Yeah. What's, yeah, there's there, there's no hiding what was happening there. You, you hear you hear over you the you hear so- over the the store intercom system. Uh, Shuddy boy's taking a ten two. We're gonna. Operations are shut down for the next half hour. Do you think that's why you poop so fast? Is that you're so embarrassed about people knowing that you're pooping that you feel like you have to poop in the amount of time it would take you to go pee so you can play it off? No, it really just flies out of my ass. I think it also comes down to the timing of it. Like when I feel a poo, I'll I'll ignore it until it's like until it's an emergency. And then, well, I, I try. I tend to do that also. Today, like I didn't poop. Normally, I poop around eight a.m. I pushed it till eleven a.m. this morning. And did it still take you twenty minutes? To yep. shit. I my my legs were fast asleep when I got off the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you correct. I'm like, no. For for me, it's a twenty-two. All right. Director's taking a 22. I feel like, guys, we need to take like a half hour break. I need a half hour. (laughs) I like to watch a whole South Park episode while taking a shit. (laughs) But that that was the only time I had to take a shit in the 13 days we were filming. That was, I I took one shit and it was kind of like, you know what? I'm glad I did. Um, I now know what it's like to take a (laughs) shit in a production trailer. 
and it's kind of like <laughs> taking a shit in a in a, um um an airplane. So the full directorial experience. Yeah, I I'm surprised you were allowed to shit in the production trailer. I feel like that'd be like shitting in an RV. That's a no go. No, it's 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 a necessity. Sometimes those are like the only bathrooms they really have on a set. Wait, why is it a no go to shit in an RV? You mean up for him? Thing? No, just in, it's like or like in a tour bus. Like you always hear. Well. Here's the thing with that, Shuddy. The the reason they don't like it in RVs is because the bathrooms are inside and a part of it. Yeah. So in a production oh. office, the the doors for the both the bathrooms are on the the side of it. So you walk in the so door and it's okay. only the bathroom. You don't have to. It All doesn't right. stink up the production office, which is also really nice because not only was everybody there in their like twenties and early thirties, they were all just drop dead gorgeous. Like I kept telling Carl, I was like, I am the oldest and most hideous person by far on this set. Like the first AD had to miss the last two days of the movie. Cause he had to fly to Canada for a modeling gig. Like everybody on that set, it, it was frankly kind of bullshit. I was like, what you couldn't have thrown one fucking ugly person on set to make me feel good about myself. Heaven. Didn't you hire everyone? Kind of. In in some way, shape, or so, form, yes. But So the only person, ultimately, all the blame for this falls on you. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there were some people that got brought on that I had, I would, they were just like, you know, you would hire the, the, head, the department heads and then they, they would bring on their, their team. But like, it was, it was kind of unfair. Like Carl actually came to set on day three and filmed her cameo a lot the same day that Cheech filmed his cameo. And she was like Uh oh. Oh, Jeff had to Jeff Jeff's internet is shit now. He had to restart. Well, we just lost Dookie Boy. But she was like she was like, Yeah, you're not kidding. Everybody there is so gorgeous, it's kind of enraging. So I'm glad I didn't have well, to go into the production office and blow turds with all those beautiful people in there. Why does the second coming of John Cooper have two IMDb pages? That is on my list of things to discuss in the production meeting this week. I don't know. I don't know why, but um, we also changed Dustin's name in it, and that name has not been updated on the IMDb. So yeah, there's there's a few things. And I feel like as we shot... People went and started adding themselves to the IMDb page, so it just kept. What is that? Yeah, what the hell was that, Jeff? Um, to strengthen the Wi-Fi in my home, we got a bunch of these Google Home pods, and my router restarted. So that was Google just saying, "Hey, I'm still here. I'm still God, listening right. to you everything anything. you say." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um. It's also kind of funny that you you talk about Paul because one of the guys we cast is like a friend of Paul's. Really? Yeah, and he was actually so good. We got him for a second day and like wrote more scenes for him and incorporated him in more stuff. Does he oh. call Paul bitch ass Paul? I don't believe so. You better not. That's what I call Paul. <laughs> That's my thing. Well, how did how did that's random. How did you guys? How did you find that out? 
he just auditioned and he was like the best person who uh, auditioned. And no. then I followed well, him. How did you find that? Well, because I, I followed him. I followed everybody. I on the you found out that he's good at acting. <laughs> I, I followed everybody who was in the casting crew on um, the John Cooper Instagram account and saw that he was like friends with Paul. So I texted Paul. I'm like, hey, how do you know this guy, Darren? And he's like, oh, yeah, he's, he's my homie. We like work out and stuff. That's who I was going to guess, but I did not want to be racist. That's good, shuddy boy. We worked out and stuff together at the gym. That's code. I I, I read you loud and clear, Paul. Well, anyway. Sorry, I didn't mean out, Darren. Whatever his name was. Uh, Let's see. What else? What else? What else? Oh, so yeah, that, that house we shot in reeked of cat piss. The whole place smelled like piss. Oh. The bathrooms were moldy. It was really fucking gross. I can't believe the woman that owns that place can just like let it stay in that state and rent it out to people. She also lets all of her dogs run out and and shit all over the backyard. So the backyard is covered in shit and flies. Um, And not only that, she made a point to scream her lungs out at every single person on the crew for the dumbest reasons possible. And that was another thing I learned on the fly is that the people that own filming locations – are usually raging assholes like the um the, the fake restaurant we rented where cheech and carl shot their cameos um they watched us the whole time on the security cameras and we filmed stuff across the street outside so they dinged us a hundred dollars charge for that um a couple crew members got there 15 minutes early so they charged us a hundred dollars for that like they why did they ding you for shooting across the street because Apparently that's that's a thing. They will look for any reason to wring more money out of you. So any sort of infraction that they they spot, they'll be like, "Uh, that'll be another hundred dollars." Like the the a lot of people on the crew vape, not like the weed stuff, but like you know the nicotine vapes. And she would like lose her fucking mind if she saw anybody vape, and she was like, "Go across the street for that." It was a residential area, so she she was like, "You can't vape on a public sidewalk. Go across the street." And it's like, "Oh, so vape on that public sidewalk?" Like, yeah, that's uh, fucking weird. She blew up on everybody, and a lot of the times it was over like the filming times, and someone would have to take out their phone, pull up the email, and be like, "Here's the email you sent. We sent you, and you acknowledged our starting times today." And she would just go, "Oh," and then turn around and walk away. It's like. Okay, no no apology for flipping the fuck out on people and screaming in their faces like you're just Was she angry home. that it was too early or that you guys she thought you guys were too late? Both. She would scream about everything. Like one time <laughs> She's angry. The the crew was like taking down lighting fixtures outside the house and she yelled at them because it was too late. The time 4 p.m. <laughs> then she one time yelled at us for being too early at 7 p.m. So I, I, I just started calling her Gary Busey because she clearly had some sort of head injury that turned her into a rambling maniac. Uh, but she was very, very difficult to work with, and that sucked. Um, not only that, when, when I was talking with uh, Thomas Hayden Church, when he was like giving me pointers and kind of coaching me and stuff in the early stage of this, he was like, one thing you have to do when you're location scouting is look for torpedoes. So figure out 
garbage routes, um, plane flight paths, like all these things you wouldn't think about. Like you want to know this stuff because it could blow scenes for you or make your life hell. So when we when we first initially scouted this place months and months and months ago, there was a home under construction like across the street, three houses down. And we were like, all right, that's fine. It's far away. And in a few months, they'll probably be done anyway. So we show up. The construction was now across the street, <laughs> like completely redoing a house. So our scenes got ruined by jackhammers, cutting tiles outside, what sounded like fucking dueling chainsaws. There was a drone enthusiast in the area with the of the drone could be heard clearly indoors when we were shooting. There was a house under construction behind us that was blowing scenes. And then one of the biggest, most complicated scenes that not only myself, but the actors were stressing out and really wanted to get right, right when we were about to start shooting it, which took about seven hours to film this five-page scene, including rehearsals, camera rehearsals, and multiple takes, somebody down the road crashed their car into a building and every news copter and LAPD copter in the area decided to flood the scene and fucked up so many takes. It was, it was, it wasn't someone from, it wasn't someone from your crew, right? Just like a, no, another just, person. Yeah. Just someone happened to crash into a building nearby. And it was like when you get five stars on Grand Theft Auto, like the sky was full of helicopters, blew all of our sound. It was, it's actually kind of crazy that we managed to shoot a hundred page script in 13 days with some of the shit we were up against. With the city of LA conspiring against you. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty Pretty crazy stuff. And it was, you know, it was also frustrating because the days were long and it got fucking hot in there. There was no air conditioning. But again, like I'm I'm really impressed with how the casting crew pulled it off. Like nobody was an asshole to anybody. Like everybody was really professional, got their jobs done, and just knocked it out of the park. It was it was fucking crazy. And then especially so, seeing Dustin on set. Like we shot four days with Dustin and Jesus Christ, what an absolute murder. Every scene he was in, like people behind the monitors watching, like as they were doing takes, were cracking up at jokes that they had heard like 15 times already. Hey, he's a G. Yeah. So on a scale of zero to 10, how much... Kevin Kraft, bad luck was there at the shoot? I would say a five. Like, it was definitely an issue. Sounded like less, to be honest. I mean, there was there was other stuff here and there. Um, there were some hiccups on the last day as well. But we were able to kind of just adapt on the fly and find workarounds for all of it. Uh, I mean, the craft the luck, I kept expecting, like, right as we were about to start shooting, you know, all over the news, it's like, oh, COVID cases are rising. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. And, like, 
the day before, like the weekend before we started shooting, like some of the leads were going to weddings. And it's just like everybody I know who's gone to a wedding recently has left it with COVID. Like Jeff, you, House Clark got COVID from a wedding. Um, my sister yeah. and her husband, they got COVID from going to a wedding. Like everybody was just going to weddings and getting COVID. And I'm like, if we, we have this place rented for these two weeks, once we're out of there, like today, there's a whole new crew in that place shooting. It's also getting demolished in four months. So with the the insurance package we got was only covered our, you know, principal photography. If anything happened where we got delayed, the movie just doesn't happen. So, every- so I mean, maybe we can lower that number down, down to like a two or a three. Seems like you had good Sounds luck. like it. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I guess. I mean, three is fair. I mean, you're talking about how how tight of a needle you had to thread. I mean, outside of you taking that ten two shit, seems like it went <laughs> pretty well. It did. It did. Uh, I mean, there was still the the craft luck, but every day I woke up and opened up my email, I was kind of like covering my face, looking between fingers, like, oh god, what is it going to be? Like, did that fucking Gary Busey in a dress next door kick us out and cancel our contract? Did the leads get COVID? Are we shut down? Like, I was just like, what the fuck is going to happen? Like, and then once once we got to like the final two days, I was just like, I think I think it's actually going to happen. I think we're going to finish shooting this movie. You almost jinx yourself. Yeah. Jesus Christ! Really playing with fire. Well, happy it all. Uh came through dude you didn't have any like major hiccups and no because if you did like you said it would have been a fucking deal breaker for getting the movie done yeah i mean if if we got shot down in the second week like over the weekend if somebody like i was you know watching people's stories and stuff and people on the crew were like going out to parties and packed bars on the weekend i'm like oh my god like all it's gonna take is for one of them to get sick bring it to set get the lead sick and we're we're fucked like everything we shot on those motherfuckers (laughs) (laughs) like it was it was getting iffy like i heard people coughing i heard some coughs on set that sounded a little guttural towards the end and i was like oh my god oh fuck me please please just fucking ride it out just fucking ride it out it was just the jewel talking it must have been yeah all the vapists (laughs) with a vapist wit um so did you like meet people you're going to have in future movies hopefully dude i really i really hope so like no lie everybody was just so fucking cool and they were all not only were they just incredibly nice but they were all so fucking skilled at their jobs like the stuff that they were able to pull off like transforming like i said that 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 one dump we shot at for two weeks straight we turned that into four different locations and you'll, I don't think anybody will be able to really tell how we repurpose it. And I was looking at these places and they're like, yeah, so we're going to shoot this scene here. And I'm like, there's no fucking way. Like that does not look like what we need to shoot. And when the production designer and the camera people like set all their shit up and it got the, the lighting people did their thing. I walked out there and I looked at it and I was like, I can't fucking believe you pulled it off. Like this looks exactly like, and I'm I'm 
trying to be vague on purpose because I don't want to blow any cool scenes. Spoil your own get movie. To watch it. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, John I mean, Goober died. I have all these pictures too that I'm like, these are all hysterical pictures, and I want to post them, but they're gonna blow scenes. I want I want people to go in fresh and not like have gags ruined, you know. But it was it was fucking impressive. Like once the movie comes out and people have had time to see it, I can we can do an episode where I just like blow all these stories and be like that scene right there we'll do like an msph commentary track or something like, that we should yeah yeah see what the awesome. fuck did i just watch because <laughs> <laughs> i even said like once once we wrapped and i was talking to the the unit production manager i was like i was like man i i don't know if i'll ever be able to do this again like if this movie's um you know a mild success like if we sell it and you know it makes its money back and, and then some like I would love to keep like I got I got to try and rack my brain and try and think of more stuff I can write within the same budget because like if I come up with another script, I'm reaching out to you and just being like, how many mm-hmm. of these same people can we can we bring back? Because they were all just that fucking cool and like we're able to work with curveballs and there, and there was even some stuff where we were looking at some of the gags in the script and we're like, I don't even know if we're going to be able to pull this off. And we pulled every single one of them off. Man, the, that's awesome, though. I mean, with the budget we were working with, it's fucking crazy. Like, I, it's it's clearly not going to be an Oscar bait movie. It's like, if this is if this is like a grandma's boy where, like, the critics hate it, but it finds this pocket of people that are like, this movie was fucking funny. Like, it's a... I I had um you know some of the camera people pull me aside and they were like man it's like almost everybody there had never worked on a comedy cuz comedies are out you know the only low budget stuff that gets made are either dramas or horrors spooky season yeah they were like man I want to fucking like this was this was the best experience I've ever had like working on a comedy the mood is so different everybody's laughing and having fun and like they people want to like do do more stuff. So the, the, the guy I told that to, I was like, look, if I make another movie, can we just get everybody back? And he was like, dude, you did the hard part. You made your first movie. So once you get that first one under your belt, it's so easy to get funding to make more. So it's just like, all right, let's fucking do this. Like we still have, I know a lot of people have been hitting me up. There's still a long road ahead to get this thing finished. The, you know, the every day, you know, we shot on digital. So every time a card gets full, there's a digital imaging technician on set who like dumps the cards out into these enormous fucking like, they're like these big cubes, but they're actually, I think like 20 terabyte external hard drives or something crazy like that. So all of that stuff is getting to the, the editor we hired is out of town for the next like week and a half. So when he's back, they dump all that stuff off. The script supervisor sends all their notes. We send the script. And then it's like a few months process of getting it edited. Then there's color correction, sound mixing. Um, so it's going to be a while until it's actually picture locked. And then once it's finished, we got to figure out, you know, how do we sell it? Um, if it turns out as good as we all hope it is, you know, what festivals are coming up? Because the longer it takes to shop it around is, you know, the longer it takes before anybody gets reimbursed. So it's, 
I, I, the- I honestly have no fucking clue when people will be able to see the finished product. Are you how what's your confidence level compared to when you started in the film itself? It's high. And I was like, I was, I was talking to one of the producers. I'm like, I don't know. Like I have nothing to compare this to, but it feels good. Like, I feel like we're making like a really solid, funny movie here. Am I fucking crazy? Or like, I know nobody sets out to make a piece of shit and I'm sure you know, when people are making movies, they're all in the same mindset. Like, yeah, this has turned out fucking awesome. This is great. And then they get a finished movie and they're like, oh, no, it's a turd. And he was like, no. I don't know. With some of the movies that I have been forced to watch for what the fuck did I just watch, I I don't understand how anybody could have shot some of these movies and been like, we really fucking hit a home run. Well, that was what he replied with. He was like, like, I'm... Go ahead. He was like, I've I've been making a movie before where we're like four days into it, and I'm like, oh, this is a piece of shit. And he's like, I am not feeling that with this movie. Okay, good. So the editor awesome. wasn't wasn't on set at all. No. Is that is that like typical? I think so. I think it is. You would think they would need like some sort of vibe or like be part of the vibe in some way, even like not maybe be on set for the entire shoot, but a couple of days, but Hey, guess I don't know. Well, that's, that's kind of like, that's kind of like the whole role of the script supervisor. Like we had three different script supervisors because the, the original one, when we had to delay for the strike had a trip planned that she couldn't get out of. So someone else filled in for her for a few days. Then she came back. Then she got sick and bounced after a few days. And then a new script supervisor came in. So we had three different ones. And they are insanely eagle-eyed. They would be like, ooh, you know what? Between these two takes, one molecule of that plant changed in the leaf. Uh, I don't know if you want to do something about it. Just bring it to your attention. Like they catch everything to the point where it's like, how the fuck did you fucking see that but they while they're also you know watching between takes trying to keep things consistent and like making sure the timeline of the the movie is flowing properly they're also taking notes on every single scene or like every take you shoot and the different camera angles too so they they have like piles and piles and piles of notes that get sent to the editor as well and i think they were saying once the editor gets all the all the footage, it's probably going to be at least a month until I see the first rough pass. And they were also like, the first pass is rough. Like, we're just warning you now. It's going to be terrible. You're going to hate it. But don't spiral because that's every single movie. Like, the first edit of every movie is horrible. And then you just whittle it down over, like, three or four passes. How could that be, though? Like you know what you want, I guess. I guess that's the problem, right? Is the editor doesn't know what you want. Yeah, and like sometimes they'll use the wrong take, and you're like, "Oh, it should have been this take. There was a better, better delivery on that one. This joke landed better on that one." And it's also, it also starts way longer. So, we may have like the 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 first edit might be, you know. I don't know, an hour and 50 minutes or two hours, and we have to chop it down to like a 90-minute movie. 
Oh, uh, okay, yeah, I see. Like someone was telling me, and that, it's like, the rough the the rough cut is also it's not color corrected. Yeah, the sound isn't isn't mixed, so you're gonna get scenes are gonna look different because of the not having color correction and the audio main like it. It's gonna be like when you watch like the Back to the Future, uh, Eric Stoltz scenes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, and they they were also saying that like um. I don't know. They they basically just just prepped me, and they were like, "Look, you have to just remember that when you watch the first edit. So do not spiral. Don't lose all hope." And I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna spiral." <laughs> yeah, you're telling the worst person this. Yeah. This info. Yeah, I am way too neurotic. I will spiral, but once once it goes through a few passes and it starts looking better, I'll 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 cheer up. What's the like biggest festival you're gunning for? Like, could you get into, I'm not saying you want to, but could you get into like a, a Tribeca or like a t- Toronto film festival? Like, is that possible? Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, what, what did Clerks premiere at? Clerks premiered at like Sundance, I think, or I can't remember, but I mean, the, uh, our director of photography, Logan, he made a feature once on a hundred thousand dollar budget or something like that. And that movie got into Tribeca and sold to Showtime. I mean, it was oh, it was a drama, but Clerks was Sundance. Yep. So, like, even though it's a raunchy dick joke comedy, there's still there's still a chance. And like, um, Carl has a friend who recently just from hanging out with fellow parents got roped into a job she never thought she would have working for this. I don't even know what kind of a company you would call it. It's kind of a production company, but they only handle like advertising and marketing and stuff. And they're there like before you even start shooting a movie and then help you afterwards. But she was like, we're going to the American film market. And um, we were just looking and some of the studios are asking for comedies. So I have a call with her later tonight and then that company is going to chat with the executive producer and find out if it's worth you know, a few thousand of our post-production budget to get it in the American film market and get some interest ahead of time. But it's, it's all, it's all stuff like that. And it kind of, and if it turns out where we see it and it's like, ah, we fucking tried, we tried. <laughs> then it's just like, you know, we try and sell it to a couple of the, the free streamers and see, see where it goes from there. Is there like, if you if if you're not as excited about the finished product, won't, won't you still will you still try to get it in the festival, or would it be like a waste of money to try? It'll probably be a waste of money. Like I, I say, okay. I feel like I can objectively look at something and be like, "Damn, I really put my heart and soul into that, but it just didn't turn out the way I wanted it to." I really it's don't also think your that's debut. Be... So, yeah. I mean, not saying not hey. You have a lot of confidence in it, and apparently your cast and crew does too. So that's that's fucking awesome. We'll just operate from that standpoint. But you also, if worse comes to worse, like you met a lot of good people and you know your way around a set now. So yeah, your set movie also should be better. Possible that you'll be overly critical and think it's a pile of shit when it's not. Sure, I mean can't Do rule you- that out. There's there's always that chance, but luckily there's other people that will be more objective than me. Yeah. I was going to say how, how many people like 
hang out with you or work with you on this movie moving forward. Obviously got the editor, like how many other people are going to be like, you know, in the room being like, Hey, I actually really think this movie kicks ass. Like I disagree with you, Kevin, or probably like four four, four, four or five. Okay. So you have like a team of people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So it was, it was, you don't mind me asking not not that this is two person, but like how much does it cost to try to get into a Tribeca film festival? I I have, I have no idea. It's like, like running at Saratoga. You got to put up 25,000 for the horse. Fuck. I hope (laughs) not. Yeah. You know, like I wonder what it is. Yeah. I mean, it can't be crazy expensive. But like, I mean, I, I would that's think also it would like, be though. You know, like when you when you when a movie has a trailer and they show all those laurels and they're like, oh, official selection of Sundance and stuff. Like, you can pay the entry fee, send them a link to your movie, they watch it and they're like, no, we don't like this, and then you fucking get rejected and they keep the money. Yeah, that's yeah, why, that's like even if a movie doesn't win any awards, they still put that official selection. That means you just got into it. It doesn't even have to play. No, no, it'll it'll play, but like that that's like getting into a festival like that is enough for people to fucking brag about it and put those laurels in their yeah. promotional stuff cuz like look, they let us into this festival. Like there oh, are for sure. There are times movies get to festivals and people you you see headlines about people walking out of it or people hated it, it gets panned, but it still fucking yeah. made it in and that's accomplishment in itself. And then the ones that yeah, win no, movies sure. or like w- win awards, then they'll you know they'll really suck their own dicks for that. Damn, dude! But it's tough, so you know. What? The world has kind of moved on from raunchy R-rated comedies, and people on set were like, "This was really fucking fun." Like, I forgot how fun these R-rated raunchy comedies were. I mean, if it's I mean, good and it's funny, like that's all that matters, right? I mean, I know that's kind of like a a cheesy thing to fall back on, but it's like everything pops, like everything can come back. Yeah. If you have a finished copy of John Cooper in hand, as well as a check for 85 doll hairs and can have it into Tribeca by November 27th at 6 PM, that appears to be the entry fee. If you there's an extended deadline that is 6 p.m. on January 17th, 2024, and that's 110. Ooh. So you're that saying with the light, that might be the actual copy in an $85 entry fee. You someone will look at it and give you a thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah. Oh man, you got it. I mean, you got to enter in everything, man. Well, that's for features. That's I mean, I'm I'm on Tribeca Film 2024's submissions website. I mean, January. I thought it was is... going to be much more expensive. Yeah, I did too. Because some of the stuff that I've like, I submit my screenplays to, some of the entry fees are around that ballpark. But I, I, I was yeah. also warned. They were like, you know, once this thing is like cooking and almost done, you're going to get hit up constantly. Like all these people trying to get you into their 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 festivals and offering you discounts and stuff, and they're like. It can get addictive and you can blow through a lot of your post-production if you're not careful. Like you really kind of want to find a few film festivals that have some clout and focus on those. Because if you if you just put it in everything, you'll blow all your money and a lot of them are kind of scammy. So yeah, Sundance, you. you would have had to have it in by September 25th. 
So oh, you man. weren't even done shooting. No. Well, how how long do you think it'll take you for post production? Is this something you do next year? It. I mean, so, I. Think, the moment would have passed, right? I don't. I don't know for for sure, but I have a sneaking suspicion that having it picture locked by January isn't completely out of the question. So would you be okay trying to get in festivals? Fuck yeah. Like in September or whatever, or would you be like, well, that's way too much time. I don't want to just sit here at this finished product. No, we couldn't sit on this for like a year trying to wait for next September to roll around. Like, I think you only want to try and spend like, like once you get it finished, look at what like is in, in the future for the next couple months and submit to those. But like, you don't want to drag it out and sit on it for too long. Especially yeah. in my sake, because I put fucking everything I've ever made in, like everything in my savings account went into this movie. So I can't, <laughs> I can't sit around fingering my ass for a year either. Yeah, you gotta try to get some money. Yeah. What, um, timing aside or whatever, um, um, what, what, what festivals are you trying to get it into? Honestly, I don't know. I gotta, we're having a, a meeting this week and, you know, I kind of wanted to just focus on principal photography for now, but now that that's over with, now I'm going to hound them about, about all that other stuff. Cause like, I don't know. I, I like, I'd like to get into a guild. I don't know the process of that. I don't know if like you make one movie and you can try and worm <laughs> you your way the in. Table with Barnes, Chris, easy. And yeah. It's like the fucking comedy. It's like the comedy seller. Like you go out there for five minutes, like, Hey, what's up, Chappelle? Burr, yeah. Make some room. I'm here. <laughs> yeah. You saw like, me, right? I, I, don't know, there. I don't know how that stuff goes. I don't like, I would like to at some point get an agent or some sort of representatives, but I also would kind of, now that I've done so all of this work solo, like I'd rather sell the movie first. So I don't have to give 10% to somebody who yeah. wasn't there for it. But like, yeah, there's, there's all this stuff that I just don't know the answers to. I don't know. Um, you know how long it's cause like, I know once the, the editing is done, then you have to get it to someone who's going to do the score and that, that takes time. So it's, yeah, I don't I don't have all the answers. But I'll I'll know a little bit more after this week. Maybe in a couple months you'll you'll yeah. figure out some of the answers. <laughs> but yeah, I mean we'll see. I would say for a first time filmmaker, we we shot a hundred page script in thirteen days and came in on the targeted budget, which uh I don't know, I'm kinda kinda stoked we were able to pull off. Like we got, there was the, the first script supervisor we had, she was passing this meme around set that was like of a PO box with all those like little mailboxes on a wall. And the middle one was open and this huge flat package was like shoved into it. And the caption said the first AD trying to cram 12 pages into one day of shooting. And we had a 12 page day. Like we, we literally shot a fucking filmmaking meme. Well, I mean, this could definitely, I don't know. I don't know how it works. I guess you definitely need to find an agent, but it could help your like directing resume, right? It's like, hey, in my first movie, not going to film school, I obviously not going to maybe lead with that, but my first movie, I was able to film, like you said, oh, a 100-page script in 
13 days under budget. It's like, Hey, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I get shit done. I have a lean yeah. operation and I have a, a tight crew that I work with. <laughs> The, the, the deadline we have, because, you know, since it's a, a mockumentary, I wanted to get a bunch of celebrities playing themselves, telling, like, fake John Cooper stories. So we've got two of them shot. We have two more people locked in. But I'm trying to get a handful more. And, like, I've just been blind emailing people's agents and reps and stuff. And, whoo boy, have there been a lot of no's. A lot. Uh which is kind of a bummer. It was like a little deflating. And there were some people that were like, yeah, my client will do it for $25,000. And I was like, that is about 8% of our budget. We cannot give one person 8% of the budget for two lines in a movie. You know what that's like doing? Paying a $50 million a year quarterback. Exactly like that, shuddy boy. Yeah. Um, is that you trying you to get me off guard? Are we transitioning into football no, talk? No, no, that's what Patreon has become. Shh. Um, no, I was just making a joke. Um, man, that's fucking sick, though, Kevin. I'm happy for you, buddy. Thanks, man. Yeah, we're. I mean, I think I can speak for Jeff when I say that we're proud of you. Thanks, man. Yeah, but I'm definitely happier for you than Shuddy is, so I'm the only <laughs> better friend. I am definitely more <laughs> proud of you than Jeff is. So <laughs> who do you want more? My my pride your my pride in you or Jeff being happy to hang onto your coattails? You know what? Except pride Shuddy's pride into you. I like how that sounded. I mean, shit, I couldn't even I couldn't even get coattail riding to pull an MSPH cameo. Like all the, all the celebrities that said no, I was like, well, shit, I get it. I couldn't even get my friends to agree to be in this movie. <laughs> I tried to I tried to what? work out an MSPH cameo for the for the Puminati, but was there, I, I got um, the big fu. Was there like a common like reason for not, or is it just a simple like, hey, are you going to pay him twenty five thousand? There were a few moments like that, and then there was somebody. I won't say who it is, but a popular TV actress who I thought would be funny to have in a mockumentary. Haley Cuoco. The second I hit send, the agent responded, no thanks. I was like, how did you, what? He he literally must have had his mail app open, saw it come in, and then just wrote, like not even read it, and just wrote no thanks. That was literally and, how or fast. Or what if he just has an automatic reply that goes out immediately from any non to any non recognized emails, or it has like in a lot of emails, it just has those auto replies or whatever you can just hit. It says, "Okay, sounds great," or "That's cool," or "No thanks." And you just hit that real quick because there was like a big thing recently in the news where um, they brought back Adventure Time and they recast Kumail Nanjiani's character, and people were like, "Man, that really sucks. Why didn't you come back for this one?" and he was like, wait, what? Seriously? Like, nobody asked me. And then somebody who was like a producer on the show quote tweeted it and was like, yeah, dude, we did ask. And your agent immediately shot us down. And Kumail was like, what the fuck? Like, nobody ran that by me. I wanted to do that. So it was like, this person clearly did not get this project run by them. The agent was just like, no, thank you. 
the the actor uh the actress or actor just have like a blanket no just say no to any any cameos for me for the next year probably but it was still i would just hit her up on slide into her dms i mean you guys saw me threads you guys saw me publicly hit up tommy wiseau right yeah did he ever get back to you no but he's he he hearted the tweet so he saw it (laughs) i i I don't know what to do i i guess next step is i i am going to slide into his dms because Look, wait, I have until the the director of photography is flying to New York this week to work on a short, and he's back mid-November, and that's when we can start picking up whatever cameos we lock in between now and then. So I am, I am shameless. I will publicly beg somebody on social media to, to do a cameo. I will slide into DMs. I will blind text people whose numbers I got from... Uh, previous jobs it is like this is my last I mean you only get one shot to make your first movie and being in that, LA you should hit up LeBron yeah you should oh yeah good idea so anyway um, I, I'm just it's like every name that you can get on it like I guess I don't mind blowing a couple of the well not sucking their penises but revealing who some of the cameos we got uh, Rob Corddry and Doug Benson already shot their scenes. They shot them on day one. Uh, and it's like anytime you get a name attached to it, that makes your project that much more enticing. Like, ooh, name value people are in this. Um, we Apparently, like our casting director, I was like talking about the, the people we're trying to lock down. And she was like, a lot of the people, like you're in your 40s and a lot of the people you're locking down are like, you know, people who... in that the people in your age group know, but like, what, what if you think about skewing a little younger and trying to get like TikTokers? And I was like, Mm. sure, sure. (laughs) So she locked in somebody who has like, I don't know, like 20 million something TikTok followers who agreed to do a cameo. It's little Tay, isn't it? I don't know what that is, but, uh, can you reveal this person? Do you know who they are? I'm not going to reveal who it is because we haven't shot it yet. So I don't want to jinx it, but, we did get an agreement to do it, so I feel like people like that will, but you know, because it's it's all, it's all. It's actually a really like savvy idea. Yeah. So I'm, I mean, I'm looking at stuff like that, but I just need like a couple more names that are like, yeah, like, or even if you don't know the name, but when you see them on screen, you're like, oh yeah, that person. I just need a couple more of those to round it out and really sell the mockumentary format of it. So you might see me doing a lot of public begging in the next couple months. Dude, I'll retweet it. Retweet it every time. I appreciate that, Jeff. Hey. You're a real one. Whatever I can do, you know? Except being I had my outkick muscle to it, you know? Oh, good news. I got Tucker Carlson. (laughs) I mean, that's a big name, Kevin. That's a big name. What are your thoughts on Tammy Lauren? (laughs) Hey, uh, Sean Hannity was <laughs> agreed to do your mockumentary. <laughs> hey, you guys remember Rex Tillerson? <laughs> I don't even know who the fuck that is, Rex Tillerson. <laughs> <laughs> You're not making that up, right? Nah, That's I, a guy? Think he was like, I think he was some guy in Trump's cabinet or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> Can you get Clay Travis to do a, a cameo for Kevin, Jeff? Uh, yeah. 
I, uh, I think I have a better chance than Sean Hannity, actually. I've never, I've never talked to Craig Travis. He came on an editorial call once around Christmas and was like, yeah, you guys did a good, you guys are doing a good job. Keep it up. I was like, all right, cool. By the way, I don't know if you guys can see this, but that's a photo of my grandma's lip. Oh, oh my God. Anna. Goo. Gnarly, right? And then this is her after she got the stitches. She got fucking thrashed, man. Poor lady. Yeah. That bums me out. Yeah, man. Seeing that play out in real time sent me into a fucking panic attack. Yeah, dude. But shit. I know Not a good way to start your uh, start your directorial debut. No, but, you know, cross the finish line. It's fucking can we... it's in the can. Do you have any movies to review, Shuddy Boy? I, I do, but I have something else to discuss first. Oh, uh, actually, that... hold on. Before I forget, I'm sorry, Shuddy, but speaking of Dustin, he is taping his first special. October 14th, it's a Saturday in Bellflower, California at, it's just called the Stand Up Comedy Club. So tickets are available if you want to see and be in the audience for Dustin's first special. I am going to be there. Um, Puminati roll out, you know? Yeah, any SoCal Puminati. It's a Saturday night, man. Get those fucking tickets. It is going to be awesome. I got to get mine still. What were you saying, Shuddy? Uh, O'Pete sent me some news that Joe Manganiello, are we all familiar with him? Yeah. No, uh, but I'll look him up. Is hosting a Deal or No Deal spinoff called Deal or No Deal Island. Whoa. Whoa. Do we have a new Patriot show? Uh, and according to this article, it says Joe Manganiello is 67. Uh, wait, are they talking about Joe Pantaleon? Oh, I'm sorry. No, man. I, 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 it says Mandel and I read it as Manganiello. Howie Mandel is 67, which I also still don't, I don't believe. (laughs) Um, but it says a teaser video shows longtime host Mandel 67 literally passing the torch to Manganiello after jokingly explaining that he cannot host the show on an undisclosed island location a world away from civilization because he's a self-proclaimed germaphobe and there will be bugs and snakes. <laughs> so there is yeah. a new deal or no deal coming. Well, that's exciting. Yeah, Patreon I can news. confirm this I just Google it. <laughs> so, Shuddy, what what uh, movie did you see? Um, as I said uh, at the start of the show, when we officially rung in spooky season, Boo. Uh, we watched the thing last night. John Carpenter's The Thing, the nineteen eighty two. Oh, I thought you watched with a new Mary movie. Elizabeth Winstead. New movie? No. Why would you? Oh. Why How silly of that. Whatever. Go ahead. Oh, in which we discussed it at length already, but I feel like Saturday night I watched a movie too. And that was your first time seeing the thing? Or you had seen it? No, before? no. 
I'd seen it before. Even Carl, Carl, that's like a yearly watch. Carl demands is a thing. I think she officially put it on paper as a five dicker. Uh, I'm excited to find out when to watch Green Room for the annual viewing this year. That is to be determined. Oh, you know what we watched on Saturday? Zoolander, which I had not seen before. I still haven't seen it myself. It's pretty good. I like Zoolander. Because Thursday night, Draven and I watched Mystery Men. You're just doing all the Ben Stillers? Well, then he said, then Saturday night, he's like, let's watch another Ben Stiller movie. And I started naming them. And I was like, I've never seen Zoolander, which he was shocked about because he had seen it prior to me seeing it. Yeah. And it was fucking hysterical. Yeah. I give that movie a lot of credit because not seeing it when it came out, it's still, I found it quite funny. How many Zoolander dicks would you suck? I'd suck four Zoolander dicks. That sounds fair. It was fun. It was fun seeing all the 2000 era celebrities uh, that pop up in it. Oh, yeah. Like Billy Zane. Yeah. Billy Zane with a bald head. Um, did you try? Did you reach out to uh, Kevin? Did you reach out to Ben Affleck or Owen Wilson of Cameo? I have not. No. Maybe you I should probably know. wrangle Luke. If any of them have a threat, maybe you should try threats because it's, it's like yes, a newer it, social media. It's not as busy. They might see it a little easier. Yeah. Like how, I mean, obviously people get up, get hit up all the time on Twitter or X or whatever, but maybe threads. No one's really tried that yet. Yeah. Well, I, I, mm-hmm. I did go to the, the theatra. You went to the cinema? Last night. Ooh. Carl and I appropriately went to an AMC to watch Dumb Money. And? Was, That's about the GameStop thing, right? Yeah. Yes. AMC. At, yeah. GameStop. It, it was one of those things where I was prepared to go away from it, like the big short. Like, that was a good movie. I'm still confused. And... That was kind of the case. Like stocks and like mutual funds and fucking, I don't know, what are they, what are they, the hedge funds, all that stuff confuses the shit out of me. So I'm not going to act like I, I walked out of that theater knowing exactly what the fuck just went down, but <laughs> I'm not going to act like you're going to start a fucking E trade account. Yeah. But I, I did walk out knowing more about that whole story than I did. And, it was cool because it, it kind of like the movie got better as it went on and it ended really strong. And it like, I don't know, it was it was fucking good. It was funny. Paul Dano or Dano, however you say his last name, crushed it. And it was kind of like it was it was nice seeing a dramatized version version of, you know, billionaires getting their asses kicked. That was very enjoyable. Um yeah, I mean, did they have the Citadel? Did did Seth Rogen play the Citadel guy? Right, I think he was. What's his name? Yeah, because it was it was Vincent and D- something. Vincent D'Onofrio was one billionaire guy. Nick Offerman was another billionaire guy, and Seth Rogen 
was the billionaire who was like truly getting his his clock cleaned by people like doing a a, a short squeeze on the the GameStop stock. He was Plotkin. Oh, uh, okay. Who's Ken Griffin? I think Nick that Offerman. was Nick Offerman. But it was solid, man. It's a good fucking movie. Pete Davidson was pretty funny in it. Um, your girl, uh, what's her name? Shailene Woodley is in it. Shuddy. I, I like her too. I think she's hot. She actually wait. Does Shuddy not think she's hot? Is that what Shuddy that is? doesn't Correct. like her? Yes, I think she's she's just she's plain. She was awesome in this movie. she had some really good lines. I think she's a good actress. I'm, I, it kicked I'm ass. Motorboater. It's a it's a really fucking good movie. Nice. It was really well made. Like, like I said, I'm a fucking moron, but I understood most of what was happening. I think. But yeah, I mean, I was it was and and because they didn't really get into the AMC stuff. Like they briefly mentioned some of it, but it was more focused on the GameStop stuff. But uh, it was it was it was kind of funny seeing it in an AMC. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm I thought sure. it was I, it was solid. It's definitely worth worth watching. I feel like I understood it better than I understood The Big Short, and I, I enjoyed both. I understood The Big Short. I, I wasn't that confused by it. Maybe I need to I watch did get it. a little in the weeds. I watched that recently, actually, like maybe a couple weeks ago. Fucking love that. That's like one of my favorite movies. It's like. Uh, I guess we'll go 15 years. I don't. I think it's came out in the last 10, though. I don't know. I can't remember. But I love that movie. I think you should. You should. You would like Dumb Money, Jeff. I bet I would. Yeah. It's it's like a really solid underdog story, and it does make you feel good at the end. Like, yeah, fuck these fucking rich assholes that like get even richer every time a business fails, and they just fucking suck the lifeblood out of them. Yeah, corporate raiders or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it was good shit, man. Dumb money. Definitely worth checking out. I'll suck four dumb dicks. Nice. It was funny, too. It was really fucking funny. Oh, shit. Yeah. I don't have anything to review, per se. Um, Me and Shuddy were talking about um, possibly discussing the new Amazon Prime, the boys spinoff, Gen V. Yeah. I watched the first episode of that today, and it is fucking awesome. I've heard love, nothing but good things. I don't really like spinoffs. And when I found out that that was going to be a spinoff based on like kids or the Gen V, like whatever university that they go to, I was very nervous. I thought it was going to be like, like a, I don't know, like a PG or like a family friendly spinoff, but no, it's fucking vicious. It's, it's the same tone. As as the boys, it's fuck. It's I, sick. The first episode it was might be sick. even more fucked because it's kids. <laughs> like yeah. I mean, they're they're college age, but like they're younger, so it's like it. I mean, episode I've watched the first three. Uh, I watched all three of them this weekend, um, and it goes hard. It goes hard. First one kicked ass. All all three were good. All three were good. All three were oh, good. Shit. Yeah, I'm pumped that like right when I kind of get my life back, there's so much cool shit waiting for me. Like 
the boys spinoff is out and getting really good reviews. The this is this is I'm I'm on an island on my own on this one, but the the new season of Castlevania came out on Netflix, and I watched a few episodes of that, and it's fucking awesome. Well, that's actually something Draymond and I have been talking about visiting since I have become a weeb. Dude, start with the first well, series yeah. of of because because like it's a it's a whole different. They do like five seasons, and then this is like a whole new timeline or well, different Belmont family member so it's like a whole new story but it's it's fucking sick it is violent there's brutal kills it kicks so much ass i fucking love it and then what uh ahsoka has like their new ep- final episode coming out soon i think and ahsoka kicks ass it is it's a very good time to have free time again so i'm, I'm very excited to catch up on the boys and finish ahsoka and castlevania Man, did we just did we just reach the end? Is that it? I think. I mean, going yeah, for a while. I that's all I've really watched. We we started watching Burning. Our half hour binge show has been Malcolm in the Middle. Man, you're just straight up topical today, huh, Shuddy? <laughs> I know, keeping it real fucking current. You guys ever heard of this show called The Simpsons? I think I think this show's got legs. There, there's something there. Give it a watch. I think it's on Hulu. I think you can watch it on Hulu. Draven and I found this show called Cheers. Kind of funny. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, it's good to be back, everybody. Sorry for taking three weeks off, but um, I have a I have a sneaking suspicion that when you see the final product of of the the movie. You'll you'll be pumped to have a uh, to have a, a flick to finally watch that I, that I got to make. It was very fun, also very stressful, very nerve wracking and terrifying, but got it done. And uh, yeah, thanks for being patient with us. Thanks for not being mean to me on social media and calling me a bitch or anything. That was nice. And uh, yeah, people probably can't wait to watch the first Kevin Kraft comedy. How fucking dare you, Jeff? <laughs> Come on, that was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. good. That that horse isn't beaten to dust yet. There's still a few wax left. I mean, I don't know that that joke will ever not be funny. Yeah, I don't. It's like Shuddy's, it's like Shuddy's pubes. We're all about all the time. <laughs> yeah, my booger eating. Like, yeah, come on. But uh, all you have is that you like to have your name spelled with three K's. It's not a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, no, not a big deal at all. Yeah, David Dookie. Yeah, and if you need more MSPH in your life, you can go to patreon.com slash mad scientist party hour. Uh we we buttoned up season three of Crafter Jeff Shuddy edition. And um I mean we still gotta figure out what we're gonna do going forward if we're if it's supermarket queefs or queef or no queef, but something's gonna take its place. So patreon.com slash mad scientist party hour. It's always a good move to support the little guys and not let have fucking three podcasts have all the money, right? We need support too. So check it out. You can also follow us on Instagram. I'm at Kevin Craft. At Shuddy Boy. At Jeff R. Records. And at MSPH Podcast. And at John Cooper Movie. If you want to see more behind the scenes stuff, get sprinkled out throughout these next few months. And... YouTube.com slash Mad Scientist Party Hour if you would like to see our lovely faces for some fucking reason. 
that exists. And you can check out Outkick Bets with Jeff Clark. Yeah, just pretty much football coverage uh, up until the Super Bowl. Actually, I will be doing some NBA previews and maybe talking uh, basketball as well, but not for sure on that. So just listen for my NFL weekly handicaps and uh, betting previews. Yeah. And I think that's about it, friends. So until next time, something. Check, check, check. Oh, boy. Sounding good. Sure hope it stays that way. Oh, please stay nice and crunchy. Let's see. Ooh! What's up, everybody? This is Shuddy Boy. Tom. (laughs) 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 It's my first time smoking pot, guys. Sorry. Ahoy, hoy. What's up, dude? What's going on? Check, check, check. Hey. Hey, any chance we can keep this like that three hours max? (laughs) Yeah, why not? Check, 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 check. Hey, hey, hey. Words, 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 Mm -hmm. words, words. Hmm. Sure you have a bunch to talk about. I'm just, you know, starting out there. One of those ultra-rare football games that only happens once every 10 years is on? No. I mean, the Giants are playing, but they do play often. The Giants are like leap years. They only play once every four years. I mean, it's one of their football. That happens like once a year, maybe twice, depending on if we're good or not. Dudes! Not Queefin Tarantino himself. Queefin Tarantino. You like that one? <laughs> I had to do this this scene in the movie where, like, um, just to leave it vague so there's no spoilers, There, uh, somebody was barefoot, and uh, there were going to be things falling, and I was asking the camera guys, I was like, are you planning on seeing any feet in this scene? Because if they weren't, I was going to say, let's put shoes on this person. So just in case something falls, we don't have to worry about them falling on bare feet. And before I could even get the explanation out, right when I was like, hey, are you guys capturing their feet? Someone was like, geez, Tarantino. Nice. Like. All, like, any time feet got mentioned, somebody was right there to hit you with a Tarantino joke. I never realized you had a foot fetish until I think you brought it up a few years ago. Yeah, when, like, um, when he was showing the... He, he likes dirty feet, too, it seems. Like, the the bottoms of Margot Robbie's feet and Uma Thurman's feet were all, like, dirt-caked. I'm spaced out our iron. I was like, wait, wait, Margot Robbie, what was she in? But uh, once upon a time, that's right. 
I mean, come on, man. She was in Jackie Brown. She was Jackie Brown. <laughs> Jackie Brown, underrated movie. That movie kicks ass. Yeah. Pretty much all in Torrance, which I don't know. I find cool. Really? Yeah, dude. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, pretty sure De Niro, spoiler alert, De Niro shoots Bridge of Fonda in the Del Amo Mall parking lot. Let me consult with my letterbox D. I last watched Jackie Brown May 24th of 2020. So it's been three plus years. That was, that was a dark time in American history. American history. Yeah. May 2020. One could call that American history X. <laughs> I mean, we were all we were all made to stay inside, if you remember. Uh, that sounds familiar, but I don't know. Wait, am I am I thinking of something else? Yeah, it's not, we're not here to talk about that. What's up, you butthole lickers? Oh, what's up, poo eater? Hi, Shuddy. Cool T-shirt. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> that a kfc graphic it is i'm I'm not gonna lie though i did kind of hope that kevin would take me up on the offer to let him take another week off so i could have worn the wu-tang shirt today uh but i'll just wear it next week hey maybe you do a wardrobe change in between the (laughs) free episode and the patreon and the patreon (laughs) shuddy would you like to join me in a um in a vocal warm-up this is the bloke who got me on the penis, people. Penis, people. This is the bloke who got me on the penis, people. Get your hand off my penis! Get your hand off my penis! That's exactly what it says right here. Get your get hand, your off, hand my off my penis! How get your Did you... hand off Did you have to, like, design that shirt yourself, or do they already have it in the store? No, we well, we can talk about it on the main episode when everybody can see what we're talking about. But it are was you waiting a, to receive my limp penis? It was a targeted advertisement for sure. Well, it's good to know that the uh, the digital ad people are listening to the MSPH podcast for real. Get your hand now I'm getting penis. I'm getting T Public or T Republic. Advertisements all over my Instagram. They got some heaters, though. They, I've gotten that's where the the orco smoking the joints came from. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I like that website. I keep every now and then I keep going on to uh, there and almost pulled the trigger on buying a toxic avenger we love the monster hero t-shirt you know the one that they wear in the movie kevin i have never seen toxic avenger all the way through what i know weren't we watching that the heavy metal bar that we were at yeah was as the uh that's a trauma movie right yeah and i remember you got you got all bummed out you're like oh these people are mean <laughs> 
Because they're like, yeah, like the way they bully people in that movie is running them down with their cars and then laughing as they squish their the life out of their brains and collecting points. Yeah, yeah, bullies yeah, were, were rough in the eighties. They're committing, yeah, they're committing homicide. <laughs> yeah, got them. <laughs> it makes me like I don't understand how they're remaking that movie and how it's going to be anywhere near as fun as the original, especially since it's going to be a big budget thing with Peter Dinklage starring as the toxic Avenger. It already got screened. They showed it at the festival. Yeah. The dink. The dink dink. This is the bike who got me on the penis before. Apparently, Mark Rooster sent me, he asked me if we would talk about it this week, and I don't think it's worthy of the actual podcast. (laughs) Take that, Uh, Mark Rooster. No, no. (laughs) I I told him it was absurd that this was even a thing that had to be asked, but he came across an article that was explaining to people that just because this movie has Avenger in the title, it is not related to Marvel's Avengers. Oh, good. (laughs) How is that even a fucking... Just because it has Avenger in the title does not mean that it has to be a Marvel movie. Also, I learned about it after the fact, but I'm very surprised that Mark Rooster came out to L.A. and didn't even give me a heads up. And try to hang. I didn't even. I didn't even know he was going out to L.A. I went. I when he told me he was going away Labor Day weekend. He said it in passing, and I just assumed he was going to his parents. I didn't even think to to ask probing questions. Uh, he was meeting what? with college friends. Wait, where did he go to college? He went to Penn State, but a bunch of them live out there because he was uh, he went to I he went to film school at Penn State. So I know that fuck hoes at Penn State. I I, I believe a couple of his friends uh, are in L.A. and working in the entertainment industry. Did you know him back then? I did not know. Oh, well, my favorite time in the Penn State. Uh, a favorite story of Mark Rooster in Penn State is that he was in the Penn State Paranormal Research Society. <laughs> That's and awesome. he quit because all they did was sit around and talk about Harry Potter. And then <laughs> the year after he quit, they got the Paranormal State TV show on A&E. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's selling low, huh? Or selling high, I guess. I don't know what the phrase is, but bad kind. No, of, that's selling for sure. low, yeah, for sure. Dude. But he joined it to do paranormal research, and all they did is sit around and talk about nerdy things. It would be funny if he was just like, I thought at least we'd be talking about Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Harry Potter, you gotta be kidding me. All right. Let me see if, uh, do I still remember how to do this? Recording in progress. Up yours, dude. (laughs) I don't know. You better, though, because Jeff brought the fire with the intro. So if you, if you, yeah, if you, if you you can't, can't get back to where you were, Jeff, it's just going to become Jeff's thing. Uh, 
I was a pretty good substitute teacher while you were gone. <laughs> but we missed you. David we did miss you. Oh, I missed. I missed doing it. I could fucking go through concrete right now. You have me so hard. The look on your face says otherwise. I'm fucking tired, man. I still haven't caught up on my sleep. What have you been doing? What's up? You had like most of yesterday to sleep, right? Yeah, but I, you know, I stayed at Carl's and the fucking dog wakes you up. Got to go take pisses and shit. Fucking Lucy. Yeah. When, when you said that, I was, like, I was like, yeah, I wake up and piss a lot in the middle of the night too. But you meant, you meant to talk. Oh, no, I, I get that too. I, I still wake up like two or three times to piss at night. And it's not because like it. I'm I'm an old man with fucking prostate issues. I I just get stoned, very stoned, uh, to end the night, and then I get cotton mouth. So I chug a bunch of water and then pass out, and then I have to piss a bunch. I think I could be an old man with prostate issues. Yeah, I'm not rolling it out, but I all I mean, I do smoke a lot of pot and drink water before I go to sleep. So maybe I'll just tell myself that. It's not what I know it is. Well, I mean, you, there's a really easy way to find that out, and it's to not drink a lot of water before bed. And if you're still peeing a lot during the night, then it's your prostate. That's better than what I thought you were going to say. Yeah, I could try that. Or you could go <laughs> get fingered. Yeah, here we go. Like, Kevin, mm. you want to be that doctor, let's be honest. They'd be like, um, excuse me, Mr. Clark. Um, I mean, you do have cakes, so um, we might have to go with a fisting instead of a finger. So, Jeff. <laughs> <it> cakes? <laughs> what she, kind of um, doctor uh, do you go to? Mr. That's Clark, offensive. I might have to fist your badonkadonk. I'm going to know this, Shuddy. It's on the tip of my tongue. Nah, Is it, about you're, we're talking about the, fi- the butthole finger doctor? Yeah, that's not my yes. official guess. I'm just, <laughs> I think the fancy term for a butthole finger doctor is a proctologist. God damn, look at you. I am the things you guys say to me is most of the time is important, and I try to remember them. You taught me that. Uh, I think in 2023, it was this year. I'm very nervous that I have a micro grundle. <laughs> Didn't you miss these buttons, guys? Yeah, I was going to say, I did miss the iPad. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't realize just how much of the water the iPad carries until I had no iPad and me and Shuddy were recording. It's like, I could have used a couple of these buttons here. I'll just reenact them myself. Oh! <laughs> All right. Should we, uh, should we kick this bastard off? Let's do it. Los Angeles, California, we have the Mad Scientist Party Hour. (laughs) 